0: Hey everyone, if you uh, were confused at all last week, we want to apologize. There was a little snafu with the releases and episode 23 actually ended up uh, hitting the feed before episode 22. They are now all up and in the correct order. So if you refresh your podcatcher application, uh, you should be able to get all the episodes and I really suggest you listen to 22 uh first because there are some spoilers
1: I'm John Perry I'm Ted Cupper and this is Constellation
0: making the graphic novel join us as we build an original science fiction world Okay welcome back everybody how are you doing today John I'm good. I'm good. Great. So,
1: you know, our, we plan to do this linearly, right, to sweep through the story, but there's going to be a little bit of jumping around inevitably um, as we sort of sort out some of these details. So uh, the first thing I want to do today is is go back to one of the beats we've covered uh, briefly. Okay. So let's um, let's
0: cover that now. Which one was oh. uh, the problem? <laughs> So I am talking
1: about uh, the beat where uh, Tim talks Zoya into making a deal. So just to refresh everybody, right? We- uh, they, they were both contestants and eventual finalists uh, to win this contest, to uh, make it into the club. Uh, and at the moment that they're finalists, but they don't know who's won yet, Tim uh, convinces Zoya somehow to... A deal where no matter which of them gets in that person's supposed to help the other get in later or get an invite Um, And we're still kind of working out the mechanics of that, but we liked the idea I think that this actually tied into making a real contract in the constellation universe the kind that the exec enforces Which means that they'd have to sort of make that contract on the world they're on We imagine they're in some kind of event world where the actual award ceremony is being held Something along the lines of, you know, if either of them uh, returns to that world, uh, then the contract forces them to have a meeting, or at the very least, or there could be more teeth to that, uh, possibly. But, you know, that's about as far as we got. And I'm not necessarily interested in trying to flesh that out too much more. I think, you know, that's something I'm comfortable sitting with being a little bit loose in this pass through the story. Sure, yeah. The part that's not sitting right for me is this character motivation thing. So that's the thing I want to flag.
0: Right, okay. So So let's talk about that. So
1: Tim, we know, above all else, the main thing we know about this character is he wants to join the club, and his opening monologue is going to tell us that from the moment the story starts. Right. Now, Zoya is a different person, right? I think you and I imagine that Zoya is kind of a rebellious... Daughter of some very ambitious parents, but is not maybe so, so ambitious herself that she's, you know, she's an art school kid, she's, uh, you know, probably in it more for the actual art of it. I'm, you know, that's sort of how we've been talking about her, but she's under this tremendous pressure right, from her parents. So if that's her character, I don't necessarily want to change that. I'm just really struggling with how would Tim convince her in this moment, right? I right. mean if you've got this sort of like rebellious daughter of lawyer parents, uh, you know, who is sort of I just it's just hard for her to imagine just not telling him to, you know, you know, go take I, a flying fuck at st- a
0: rolling donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like
1: yeah, off, I, right? mean,
0: I, I I agree. I think this was this was sort of uh, in the back of my mind as well. Um, and yeah, I think that it's hard to imagine her signing herself up for more obligations, <laughs> um, given that she's already feels pretty put upon. Um, and in terms of what she would get out of this on the other side, obviously, she would never bother to collect. I think that's fairly clear, right? Like, if it had gone the other way and Tim had won, you know, she wouldn't have like told her parents, well, don't worry. I have this backup plan, you know? Um, She would have just been like, oh, well, I guess that didn't work out and walked away from it. Right. I mean, that's how I'm sort of imagining. So, yeah,
1: I think that's right. And I I do have a partial answer I'm leading up to. Okay. Well,
0: uh, cool. I mean, I I don't have one yet. So go ahead, uh, pitch your answer.
1: Well, it sort of like logically follows that the only reason she would accept this, Contract is because of pressure from her parents right right now and uh, we've imagined the parents as characters, right? They control the uh, World that is sort of the database of worlds the almanac world. That's one of the ways. They're extremely powerful We imagine in their past life. They were corporate lawyers. Yeah um, They're sort of striving they want to get uh, their daughter into the club so that they can sort of extend their tentacles outward and control more of the constellation and They're kind of interesting characters It makes sense also that they would be at this award
0: ceremony. Sure, like sort of supporting their daughter. daughter It's a a prestigious
1: moment. I mean, it just seems like the kind of thing your parents come to. Sure. Uh, And they're interesting characters, so I think our audience should meet them. Uh So it makes sense that they would be the ones that would cause her to agree to this contract somehow. And there's more than one way that might play out. I mean, it could be something more like she gets offered the contract says no, but then has a conversation with her parents, and then she comes back and says actually yes. Or it could be the parent actually walks in while he's offering the contract, and the parent is like, well, I'm a lawyer, let me take a look at that. You right, know? right. Or and, depending uh, on they-
0: the technology that's on this world, they could even be listening in or communicating with her while she's talking to him. You know, I don't know if we want to show things like that. That might be confusing, but... Since yeah, all it's in the possible same world. that there's not a lot yeah.
1: of privacy, right? I mean, right. we don't know right. what the design of the space is. I mean, it, like, as all things in the Constellation, it could be anything. Right. So, right. Uh, for whatever reason, they might just intrude, mm-hmm. or one of them, presumably, uh, would intrude and maybe sort of broker the deal and be the side that's making it happen, thinking... You know, Zoya doesn't care, but they're like, well, insurance policy is good, and uh, I'm a lawyer, and I can make this contract out better for our daughter than it is for you, maybe. <laughs> um, I could just imagine.
0: Right, or they can just feel like it's no particular cost to us if we do right. end up having to help him. But, like, if you lose this, then, you know, that's a cost to us because we really want you to get this thing. Uh, it also makes it also does something else, which is it it makes the parents uh, aware of Tim in our story, which is probably a good thing as well for later,
1: yeah, and they might even have like a weird interaction where they're negotiating the details of this, and Zoya is like annoyed that this is even happening, oh, yeah, that's um, funny.
0: It's funny if you like. You know, (laughs) you're talking to a person, uh, a woman, and you make a deal with them, and then their parents (laughs) show up to negotiate the finer points, you know, that's, that's funny. Uh, I mean,
1: I almost think like this would be likely to, even if like Zoya was inclined to agree to this deal, her parents being who they are, it feels like they would get involved at some point, likely, Uh, it's possible, so... The fact that she would be not interested at all means that they might have to sort of muscle their way in uh, in a way that's annoying to her.
0: Yeah. Or Um, we could motivate this in a way where she can predict their preferences too, where she's not interested. You know, it doesn't. It could be that they intervene, but it also could be that she is at first hesitant, but then kind of does some thinking, realizes her parents would. Highly approve of this and and goes through with it, right? I mean, if that's a more subtle approach,
1: yeah, that, and that might be more realistic. That's a, a, just a little harder to convey to the audience. Yeah, um, so and, it depends on
0: what we want to try there.
1: Yeah, um,
0: yeah. So I'm open
1: to that. Yeah, and, and I think we need to show them. So, like, but that that version could be more the version where she leaves, talks to them, right, they put some pressure on her, right, and right, the right. audience connects the dots that it's because of the pressure that she's saying yes to the deal.
0: Right. Right. Right, or even she reports back to them after the fact, and they are, you know, they're jumping to the conclusion that she did the right thing or something, you know, or something. I don't know. Anyway, it could be, it could be done. Um, well, that makes sense to me. I think uh, that's a good pitch, so I think we should put that in. I've I've put it in under beat four here. Um,
1: the only thing I would say is if we do the version where, I know you're trying to move on, so uh, I'll no, keep this no, short. No, no. Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about. So, uh but um if we do the version where she goes off and talks to the parents on her own, we're making her a POV character in that moment. We're elevating her a little bit more. Now she's a major major character yeah. as we know. But we don't we don't want to tip the hand as far as our twist, right? Which is that we want her to become more of an important character at the end of the story. So, we just have to be careful with that.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I also think, though, that, um, yeah, that both she and her parents can be POV characters potentially in this story.
1: Yeah. I think it, that could be great.
0: Um, and that, that we won't necessarily tip our hand by doing that, that, um, you know, because I think there's other. W- There's other ways we can Red Herring, you know, who she is and what her importance is going to be. Um, So, yeah, I like that. I think that's a good idea. I'm glad we talked about that. I do want to move on because I'm afraid of uh, spending too much time in the past. But so last time we got through the whole first act, but I think we both agreed that the second half of the first act, we got a little sketchy and things. So as we move forward, I think the next thing we want to do, right, is uh, just try to basically fill in a little bit more detail between here and the end of the first act as we kind of run through it. Is that right?
1: Yeah, things start to get fuzzy uh, right around the moment. Um, Well, it's just to fast forward through the next bit, right? Like, so the contract gets made, but Zoya ends up winning, but then Zoya doesn't make good on the contract. and kind of disappears, you know. Right, the well, and it's not as if
0: she's... Well, we don't know exactly what the contract is, but it may not be that she's, like, reneging on it so much as just, like, she's not triggering whatever the... You know, she's not returning to the world and therefore triggering the um, the result.
1: Right, whatever the details of the contract, uh, they're not benefiting Tim, right. and a period of time passes to where sort of the beat here is that Tim is despairing, uh, that Zoya has sort of left him in the lurch, and he didn't make it into the club, and his partnership is broken up. Uh, Although we maybe haven't seen that. Well, I mean, this is, again, right where the timeline of things gets tricky. So um, right about this moment, as I think when we wanted to reveal the narration, because up until this point, we've had a, a narrator that has been Tim, and I don't think we're trying to hide that it's Tim.
0: No, um, no you may it's know that the first it's Tim. person. You'll assume it's Tim, so I, I think that's...
1: But you fine. don't know where he is talking from or who he's talking to. Right. And everything that we've seen up until this point has been narrated by Tim as being the recent past. So around this moment, uh, when he loses the contest to Zoya and and fails to get her to help him, is when we discover who he's talking to and i realized we didn't address that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. we also talked about how we want him to say go to a family reunion makes sense in my head to maybe combine those things
0: sure so the person he can be talking to could definitely be one of the people at the family reunion um
1: right exactly that's where i'm going with that yeah, yeah yeah so that's
0: definitely one of the one of the options there for sure
1: yeah I mean, who else? I mean, if we want to quickly like throw out any other options, we can. So then, the that other, like the, the only other option one.
0: that I can think of that I find also interesting is since we already know that we are going, um, we are going for uh, to eventually hit trial one, and the uh, search for a tip. Uh, so the other person he could be talking to is somebody he's trying to get a tip out of, but we don't know that yet at this point. Right. So we would, we would, uh, Zoya would win. He would go to go see her. She would be gone. You know, uh, she's inaccessible to him. And then we would, um, uh, tell a little bit more of the story of how she didn't come back. And then we would sort of zoom out and, uh, he'd be telling that story to some guy in a, in a space bar somewhere. Um, uh, and he would then tell that guy the next segment of the story, which is that he's going to, um, run into Zoya, you know, Zoya again. Sure. And he's or we could even delay
1: up... the zoom out for longer, right? Until We could,
0: yeah. At some point at some point, the zoom out happens and we find out that, you know, the end of that story happened and he decided to uh, try to find a tip for her and now he's here trying to find a tip for her and that's why he really wants this guy to help him. Uh, so that that's the other way that I could see it going other than it being a family member. But I like, uh, I like family member. I'm not opposed to it. Um, that's just the other but this is the other thing that popped into my head.
1: So, with the, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that makes one work better than the other or not work better is, you know, the question of motivation. Why is he telling someone this information? Right. In a reunion scenario, I mean, obviously, the thing you ask people in reunions, what have you been up to? So he could literally be answering that question. I think it's... A, it's better if it's a little more motivated than that. Right. Um, I don't think
0: he should just be shooting the shit. Like, maybe it's like we talked about, uh, there might be a family member that he wants something out of, like a cousin who works in a particular world and therefore can help him uh, either try to get Zoya to do the thing that will trigger the contract or can just tell him, like, if he's seen her or, you know, something. I, I think he could, there's something he could want from from a family member. If we it could it be,
1: way. it could be that I, and I, we've talked about that. And I think that's, I want to flag that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing I was thinking about though, is what mm-hmm. if he's kind of mid argument, <laughs> right? Sure. And, and what would be weird about this is we might even interspersed with the voiceover, hear some responses from another participant in the argument. I don't know if that would get confusing, but hear me out here. Okay. Um, he goes uh, to the reunion um, we know we want to have sort of a philosophical fight or two there Yeah. like happens at Thanksgiving sure. know, about politics or whatever we were imagining it be more about religion right uh, defaultists versus naturalists, the so on, and so on. Um, right And again, our main character has their own sort of like striving philosophy um, that we know we want them to defend in the intro. So it might make sense that he might be espousing that philosophy as part of a sort of an argument with his uh, cousins. And maybe that even happens because, uh, I mean, he's he's having to to teleport out of there every 10 minutes, right, to
0: check. Right, right, which we talked about, because like, he's obsessed with checking on event world or, or whatever the, the specific is there. Yeah,
1: that's really disrupting the gathering, and then that turns into a conversation, and then that turns into a philosophical argument. And, you know, he ends up sort of making his case, but he's making his case to, you know, a defaultist or a naturalist who, like, really doesn't want to hear it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So maybe maybe we don't actually hear the other person. We just, like, that's sort of who he's framing his argument for. And right, but the tone of what later. he's
0: saying can, like, imply some questions are being asked without, you don't actually have to hear the question.
1: Yeah, that might be cleaner than actually having yeah. another you because know, we're going to have probably the, the traditional uh, yellow box to show voiceover like they do in comics usually. Right. Um, it, it would be confusing to maybe have like, in fact, I've even, I think, read comics where that voiceover is multiple voices and right. I actually find that disorienting. Yeah, so. well,
0: often a comic will do something like have two different color boxes or, or uh, have two fonts or have like, you know, always the boxes on the left or always the boxes on the right, depending on who's talking or something like that. But that strikes me as the kind of thing that you do in a two hander story where the other person's like equally important. Like if it was Zoya and Tim and both of them had voiceover, but like Zoya's were always blue and Tim's were always yellow or something like that would maybe make sense to me. But uh, I don't think we should. I don't think we should have voiceover from non mean characters probably.
1: yeah that sounds right to me so it would just be more it would affect how he would talk yeah yeah yeah. you can
0: imply it with what with how he's responding as if he's been asked a question and you can sort of imply what the question is
1: so um you know that would mean that we're zooming in like right into the middle of like the most heated part of a of a reunion
0: well that's good i like them having a fight and i think you can yeah you can like lead up to the fight with voiceover and then cut into a very heated moment and like visually give people the sense of what the of what the reunion is around them you know
1: Um, yeah it doesn't that's the thing is it does like jump us into it like it doesn't give you any of that build-up that is kind of fun you know where everyone's around the table and you know someone everyone's trying to have a good time and then someone starts to pick a fight you know I, yeah. I would miss I would miss having that a little bit, I think. Um, so,
0: I watched... Uh, I won't do too much of a digression here, but I watched uh, Mank recently. Have you seen that yet? The David Fincher movie about the writing of Citizen Kane?
1: No, no. Uh, is, uh, is that a new movie? A
0: new movie. It's on Netflix. Um, written by David Fincher's father, who's now deceased, I guess. Um, oh. And... Uh, I think he'd been trying to make the movie for a very long time and uh, uh, finally made it. Uh, Gary Oldman plays um, uh, Mankiewicz and uh, it's an interesting movie. It's a venture movie, obviously high quality. Um, uh, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do do like a imitation Bernard Herman music. That is like really fantastic. My favorite part of it. Um, uh, Like imitation classic score music that really works. Like sounds great. And, Nice. like really gets what's cool about bernard herman and that kind of old stuff um that was like my favorite part of it i, I you know i don't want to like a review the whole movie it was an o- I would describe it as an okay movie with like some really interesting aspects but uh there is uh, a lot of scenes at san simeon it's about the you know the writing of Susan kane and the, the guy who wrote Susan kane knew william randolph hearst um that's how he knew how to write the movie. Um, And so there's all these scenes like at St. Simeon with like all of the, you know, uh, people who are guests of Hearst uh, around a giant long table and Hearst and Louis B. Mayer are seated at the center of it. And they are having These philosophical discussions uh, about politics, basically the politics of the time, Upton Sinclair versus, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, populist Republicanism of the time, or whatever. Uh, Frank Miriam, and uh, yeah, and it's and 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 uh, these scenes are fun, and I think that's what I'm. That's all I want to discuss, and then we can move on. But like the 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 sort of fun of the scene is that, you know, Mankiewicz is this outspoken, you know, curmudgeon, and he can't help himself, and he kind of, like, criticizes everybody who's there, and their plutocracy, and their, you know, uh, uh, what have you, and um, kind of, you know, gets, but he's sort of her favorite dinner guest, because he's so... um, he's so much fun to argue with, you know, like he disagrees with everything he says, you know, but he's like, this guy is interesting, you know, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. And if you're, especially if you're like a rich guy in a giant castle, like that's really valuable. This guy like tells you what he really thinks and isn't afraid to fight with you and stuff.
1: Huh? Um, Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's a, that's a recommendation for me to watch, but yeah, like it does. Yeah. There is fun. I mean, what about as, as far as this, particular question of like the buildup to an argument like would you miss that because that's what we're cutting out i think
0: no i don't think that necessarily i just think in general i was just saying in general like a family reunion scene that's sort of like that that's sort of like the the rich people all at sam simeon you know um well, because everyone can be at virtual Samsung exactly in like, the uh, Constellation. Well, and they could literally be around a giant long table, because there's so many of them, right? But, like, it's trivially easy to manifest a large table, uh, you know, but it's not trivially easy to, like, you know, they can't stack on top of each other or something. I mean, I guess they could, but it's, it's it's <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of, uh, uh, it's, uh, it goes against human imagination. It goes against our our expectations of what you know, we would want. So I think the idea that they're sort of um, in a kind of opulent setting, but nonetheless sort of, you know, squabbling and unhappy uh, is um, I think that's fun. I I don't know. I think that's, that's my point from, from mentioning the movie. Uh, You might enjoy the movie. I definitely would be curious to hear what you think of it. I I won't tell you any more about it since you haven't seen it, but, um, but that, I think that kind of scene could be fun. And I don't. Well, think actually, have to have I, I
1: do think I got something good out of what you said, which is like, I was going right to the like you know, things have gone too far place, which is like you know that's often how it unfortunately has worked in my family, right? Where it's like, uh, the the second there's like actually like an argument, um, no one's in like, like I can enjoy an argument, but uh. I feel like very few people in my family like have that sensibility. Right. It sounds like this environment is much more the place where people can like enjoy an argument and like, and then also like enjoy their dinner and like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it well
0: it's, it's it, in this movie, it's really like the whole thing is run by Hearst. So it's like, everybody's waiting to see if Hearst is pissed. And then like, Hurst isn't pissed, so then it's fine, but right? Like,
1: and we don't have a power... Well, we could. Ha- there could, we, there be, could, a be, there could be a matriarch or a matriarch or, a or somebody yeah. who's exactly. kind of in charge.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like maybe there is a grandmother or something who is sort of like, if she, if she's like everybody calm down, then everybody comes down, or if she's like, no, that's too far, then you know, then that's the line. Like, yeah, yeah. Know. So it could be <laughs> something it, like yeah, that. Might just be think, cool. Yeah,
1: the fact that the argument could be like more like a part of like acceptable recreation at the dinner table that is somewhat like moderated by a strong personality makes it work for me in a way that like, okay, we, just because like, once you get to the really heated place, there's like no turning back from like that. Like, right. right? That's when someone storms off and like, then we didn't really get to show the scene, which is no fun. Right. And you can
0: go to do that later. Like, um, I mean, again, to, in, in Mank there is a later scene where he does in fact go too far and he does, he he does piss people off, but it's after they've already done several party scenes where he was like sort of the entertainment, um, where he was like making himself into a court jester by, you know, by basically poking fun at the people that he was hanging out with, and you know, allowing them to be sort of ruffled, uh, you know, by it, but not, but not angry you know and then he goes too far and he he gets super drunk and he says the wrong thing uh and it's it's the most interesting part of the movie actually it's like sort of the it's sort of the crux of the movie is that scene so um you, you'll see it when you see it but um, well, what's
1: well what's i like about that too is like in terms of the court jester character uh that's probably not tim Right. It's probably someone else that's riling Tim up, which would explain maybe why he's so fervently making his case, right? Yeah. Like it's possible that he's arguing with like a crazy dogmatic defaultist uncle that's like more off the deep end than he is. It's also possible that he's the one who's off the deep end and someone like is sort of poking fun at him and he's not taking it well.
0: Right. No, I like that. And maybe that same person is poking fun at the defaultist too, but like saves their sharpest barbs for Tim because they find his, you know, obsession with status or whatever to just be like so pathetic.
1: (laughs) I mean, what's good about that, right? I mean, this is kind of the reason you put jesters in stories going back, you know, hundreds of years, right? It's like that. Again, when, when we made Let Go from, you know, some of our sort of colleagues in the sort of futurology community, you know, even those people that sort of knew what we were doing, I think like misinterpreted let go, right? Because if you, if you read this is our science fiction graphic novel that we did previously. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you read that uh, our main character is just having a terrible time because they're there much like Tim in this story we're writing now, the character in let go is very singularly obsessed with like getting a job right in a world where, there aren't really any jobs. It doesn't really make right, sense right. to be But they had with held
0: on to their value for like that idea of like hard work or whatever. Uh, they had held on to it past its expiration date.
1: Yeah, and we have other characters in the story, but we are like very close on that character's POV, so I think right. it does tend to make the story feel uh, maybe darker than we intended, right? It makes, like, as opposed to, like, here's a, a man who's, like, making bad choices and obsessed with the wrong things in a world that's kind of okay. Uh, a lot of people read it as more dystopian than we intended. And I think like the same is potentially true of the constellation, but you know, if we can have like a dynamic, interesting side character that is like voicing other opinions, Mm-hmm. um, again we kind of had that character in let go too right i mean we had um we
0: had like joe Zacharias and we had joe Zacharias uh, was his
1: friend who was like hey man you should take it easy <laughs> like, right
0: and those those characters because they're not the main character they kind of get read as being you know society you know telling the man what to do and then you know the natural narrative thing is to side with the man against the society right that's like sort of what we're trained to do and so we have to yeah we'll have to think about that and and um i mean i don't know on on the one hand i think we can really use that to our advantage in this though because people are going to side with tim even though they maybe shouldn't (laughs) right yeah
1: no i i I think think that's fine
0: yeah i think we can use that and you know people will at first they'll be like yeah why isn't everybody on board with tim's vision of of what the you know of what how to create meaning in this world, which we will have expressed, I think, fairly clearly by this point. Um, but as the story goes on, he gets more and more desperate and his moral transgressions get more great. And you start to realize that, um, this is not a healthy obsession that he has, which is exactly what this guy can say.
1: Well, and I would say that like one of our listeners, um, and this would have been a while ago. Uh, this would be back in September. Um, and I, I, won't say their name cause I, who knows if they want to be mentioned or not, um, wrote to us when we were early, when we were planning this story, right? We were talking about how, you know, our main character is this status climber, right? right. Um, and we were talking, we hadn't fleshed it out that much and, uh, uh, you know, they were a little bit grossed out by that idea and they felt like, you know, that's like not a very likable character. It just sounds like someone who wants to be, a you know, a influencer or something like it just seems kind of like gross and you know I mean I think to some extent that goes away when you make someone a little more fleshed out and three-dimensional but the other side of that is that as authors, we're not endorsing Tim at all. Right. So,
0: well, no, um, I don't think he has a good value system, but I think he has an understandable value system given the world that he lives in. I want to make that right. clear. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I think you and I have the same taste in characters and we don't really like, you know, uh, sort of Luke Skywalker type heroes. You know, we like characters who are a little bit more flawed than that and, you know, have a little bit more darkness and, uh, yeah I mean this
1: is gonna be a noir story an so anti hero I mean, you know, then let go, right? I mean, this is like almost more textbook like when you really boil down the structure of I think what we're trying to do, it is kind of a noir tale oh yeah i think
0: so yeah i mean this is more akin to like a twilight zone than it is to anything else in my in my head which is a kind of noirish thing and the world isn't a noir world right it's not a looming force uh expressionist world where like you know um uh evil always wins and the sort of you know the system is out to grind you the little man up it's not noirish in that sense but it is definitely like uh
1: the characters are, the, uh, are characters. Yeah,
0: dark characters trying to do dark things, and you know, the, to the extent that it's sort of a morality play, it's just that like if you do something immoral, something even more immoral might happen to you, <laughs> or something like that. It's not like it's uh, it's it's not about you know it it does it has a kind of like noirish message in the sense that like people do bad and then bad happens to them. Um, but, okay, yeah. so let's... Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, but, let's continue on.
1: No, yeah, let's say we play this out, because it seems like we like this, right? Like, it, uh, you know, he... You know, at, at his low point, when he's lost the contest, and he's lost contact with Zoya, mm-hmm. we, we see the source of the narration, he's arguing with the family member at this reunion dinner, uh... We get some other points of view, you know, we, we represent some of the religions that we might show later, like naturalism or defaultism. Uh, we get a little sense of the family dynamic, we get a sense of, you know, how people live in the constellation, and so on. Um, I mean, what's our way out of that scene, right? Like, does he, does he leave that scene because right then he gets the notification that like Zoya has like checked into event world. Maybe that's too easy. That's too like
0: feels too feels easy too, to me. Yeah. Too
1: coincidental. Right. It's gotta be yeah. like, if we get into that scene because he's talking about Zoya, it can't literally be that. Right.
0: So, right. Um, do we want the scene to, you know, escalate in terms of his argument with his family? And maybe that's how we get out of the scene. And maybe we do, uh, get to a point where the, the jester who's who's making fun of him like really humiliates him in front of the other people and he leaves, or he lashes out back and then he feels like he's said too much and he leaves or something like that.
1: I mean, I wonder if it's like, if someone really gets to him, uh, if that can work into his motivation going into the next scene, as far as like, you know, I've got something to prove now, I'll show them. Like... You know, because, like, maybe he was being made fun of. And, like, people were doubting him. Like, oh, you're, like, why are you wasting your time? You're never going to get in the stupid club. Even if you did, it wouldn't matter, right? And, you know, it might just sort of redouble his resolve um, to maybe, like, the next scene he's, like, trying some strategy that he wasn't previously trying, right? <laughs> because that, like, got him pissed off enough. I could maybe see something like that working.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that could be. I and mean, then just the other thing that I'm sort of seeing on here that we haven't quite figured out a place for is um, his partnership dissolving or yeah. falling apart, right? Yeah. So if he if he leaves there really angry, goes back to Maker World, sees that Z- Zoya is still a uh, you know a wall, um, he could be really angry, and then he could that could lead into like a fight with the partner, maybe where you know. Whatever the family said that really got to him, sort of uh, intensifies the feelings of resentment they have toward each other, and I don't know.
1: Yeah, no that that kind of makes sense because he could kind of be
0: taking out his his frustration on this partner, and maybe that you know they already have a little bit of a conflict between each other to, based on the world losing the contest. So then maybe things spiral out of control there
1: yeah yeah it's like tricky having the back-to-back arguments although like there is a logic to that um i don't know i don't know it's tricky
0: we also could have like well the partner i think it's a scene. way of showing his despair if he's like sort of getting into fights with people or you know uh, it's,
1: it's, it's, yeah yeah no that might I, I mean it might work really well actually I um, mean let's go with that for now cuz we we do need to make these sort of like temporary like decisions, right? It's so, it's something
0: else that we want to show, so I think it's worth considering if it doesn't go there where else would we like it, you know. Um it's like this feels like it's not really a beat anymore.
1: So he could get um hmm do you think he seeks out the partner or do you think he like gets like a message from the partner trying to make something happen? And he uses that as an excuse to leap. That kind of makes sense to me.
0: Oh, I see. So he's like in the middle of the argument, it's getting pretty heated. Partner dings him. He goes to go check to see if Zoya has shown up, but instead he finds the partner has dinged him. Right. And then he goes like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go talk to my partner. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. And, then he jumps over to the partner and like the partner is whatever planning for next year's world or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's, you know, it's over. Like we're never, but you know, like whatever, like he's, he's, you know, every, everything that they just made fun of him about, he's saying it like, you know, they're like, why did you think you're going to be, you know, whatever accepted for doing this or whatever you know, and he's basically, he's, he's saying pretty much that same shit. And the partner is like, what the fuck, man? I like the idea, too, you that, know? like,
1: the partner's got, like, everything laid out. Like, here's, like, here's our next act. Like, we're going to do this, this, Yeah, and this. here's how
0: we're going to improve on it and whatever. And he's, like, you know, he's not hearing any of it because he's been so poisoned to the whole idea.
1: I think that works for, for me. Like, I think what I was having trouble with is, I don't know if this resonates with you or not, but, like, imagining him sort of shouting in two scenes in a row didn't make sense. But if, like... If he does yeah, yeah, yeah. like. He doesn't have to be
0: shouting. It's just because he's like disagreeing or being a jerk. No, or no. Yeah. But
1: like, you know, and shouting is maybe too much of a word. But if he's like being like very animated and almost aggressive, it feels like it, like it works better to me if like maybe he's he's behaves like that in the first scene with the family. Mm hmm. And then by the time he gets to the partner, he's just kind of listening and he's like, mm hmm, mm hmm. And this is almost, I think, how it was in the short story too. Right, where the partner's just like laying out like excitedly and he's just like not you can tell like by the art on the image of his face and like like maybe a couple of things that he says that he's just like not interested, right? Sure. Like he's so over it, you know. And maybe that does lead to like a bit of like a like heated exchange. But I I like the idea that it's sort of like a quiet realization that he has that this is over.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think it has to be like heated. I d- I th- I like the idea that he uh in- internalizes some of the family's criticism and throws it back at the partner. You know, in some way. Like
1: Yeah, that makes sense too. You know,
0: so we can see that he's being influenced by them. I mean, I think that that's sort of you know, an aspect of his character that he cares what they think and that he generally cares about his status. And he generally doesn't have it, even in his own family. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and the function of all this stuff, actually, like, and we're I'm glad that we're getting to this now, is it is going to be important, every, like, scene here, because we're trying to get this character to a really dark place, right, where yeah. they're really, really desperate to commit murder. So, like, the more we can sort of break them down and <laughs> make them feel humiliated or, like, they have something to prove, the more that becomes, uh, becomes believable. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that all makes sense. Let's go with that for now, unless you Yeah, I like add that for anything. now. Yep. Um So then the question is like then Zoya reappears. Right. And this is where it gets tricky because it's like why she got away scot free. Right. Uh Maybe she signed the contract cuz her parents pressured her, so we're adding that element in. Right. She's being, behind the scenes, she's being hazed herself by the club. She's not a full-time member. Right. Um, which is giving away the twist, but we've got to think about that. So so what causes her, like I think what we had before is that event world was used by the club for the award ceremony, so it makes sense that they would use it for other things, Right. It right. might even have been, I mean, if we want to make Tim smarter, Tim's obsessed with the club. He might have already known that, right? And actually, this is something I forgot to mention when we were talking mm, ab- about that's earlier. interesting. We should go ahead and add that to the outline um, okay. up above. The fact that, like, Tim might know enough about the club that he knows, like, the club does a lot of events at this particular world. So there's a high chance that if one of us makes it in here, they're going to have to come back here at some point based on my research right right um and that might be something that zoya doesn't know and it might be something that the parents don't know because again the parents are you know smart and have, they're they're not know, obsessed
0: with the club though that's not not like the way main, tim is right, right. like he, he might their only their know obsession. this because right right right
1: he was scouring some logs of like people coming in and out of the event or he was looking at their guest book who knows how he knows this right right
0: or some legends some like you know a, apocryphal legends of the club that he's collected over the years. I mean, he'd be like a total connoisseur of this stuff, right? So, yeah, I I, I like that idea that he has some knowledge. And, you know, we've just been saying event world, but it might be some specific world that that we design later that is like, you know. It's definitely not called event world. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's some world that has some maybe significance to the club in some way. I don't know exactly what, but it's I mean know. the club
1: isn't even shouldn't even be called the club, right? I mean, just to be clear, like at some point
0: Yeah, I mean uh, the club might be called the club in the sense that like maybe people don't say the name of it because of its secret nature, but It would have.
1: It might have a. It might have a. a, Yeah, vague, mysterious. It would have like a. You know, but
0: hasty pudding or what? It would have some kind of name. You know,
1: I don't know. It was really like. It was names are the hardest part. (laughs) I'm just gonna say to our audience. So, uh, the fact that we have Tim and Zoya was like, you know, that was hard enough for us. Off the air, sometime (laughs) we'll we'll come up with uh, more specific names for some of these. Yeah, I uh,
0: I think uh, when we have all the pieces on the board, like I think it'll be easier to pick some more names for things but yeah names are always hard and and subject to change so these are our shorthands
1: it's funny because i think for some writers it's the opposite like i know like my sister used to be more into writing and i think for her um like she'd start with names i think there's some people that do that right like literally the name is the first thing once i've got a name then i have the character right some
0: characters i start with the name but Usually I'm, uh, I think you and I are more similar this way. I, I put it off until the last possible second. And then I do like a research project to try to figure it out.
1: (laughs) Well, this whole like approach to writing this constellation graphic novel has been like starting at maximum zoomed out (laughs) view and like, then like dialing in closer and closer and closer and closer. Right. I mean, we started talking about the physics of the world. So it makes sense that, you know, names are going to come later. That's a tangent. Anyways. uh, Sure. Uh, Where was I going with... Oh, yeah, so... So, okay, so Zoya has to come back. Maybe she's with uh, a pledge class of other people that are being hazed by the club. Right.
0: There Uh, might be some specific reason they're going back to this world, like, to do uh, part of their hazing or to learn um, one of their trials or something, like, like to meet the person who's going to tell them about the first trial or something like that.
1: this, uh, This dings Tim... We talked about how uh, she might be meeting with a club representative, somebody famous that Tim recognizes, Uh, right? Has reason
0: to believe is a member of the club.
1: This is awkward for her because she knows at this point that she's like bound by this contract, but doesn't really want to let on that to the club. So, like after the club meeting is over you know, she joins Tim, but, you know, maybe Tim sees the club rep or they see each other and that's awkward. Who knows? But, um, mm-hmm, maybe I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess I felt like that was loose when we talked about last time, but it does make sense. I don't think there's a, I have any problems with that. Does yeah. That all still sound...
0: I guess the main looseness to me is why exactly are they on this world? And we don't even know exactly what world it is. We're calling it event world, but we haven't really defined it too much. So, you know, let's we'll have to think a bit about that and, and come up with a few different options, but I don't think it's like something we need to stop and like decide before we move on.
1: I mean, it might literally be the meeting where, I think it's off screen, right? So the audience isn't going to see it at this point. They might see it in a flashback later, but it might literally be the meeting where they assemble everybody in a room uh, that's like, you know, joining the club that that cycle. And tell them exactly what the trials are that they have to complete if they want to become full members. I mean, she could have just gotten the right. And
0: the reason that they might not do that on the club's world, which is where you'd probably expect that that would happen, is that these members don't have access to the club's world yet. Right? These these invitees.
1: Right, they're not actually full members yet. So it does. That's that's a neat explanation. So that's an explanation
0: that we can employ later if we need to uh, to to, disc- to explain why that would, might be the case. So, right. I think that's the most obvious reason. So she has to go back there um, to, take, to uh, take the meeting where they learn about the trials, um, or at least learn about the first trial, or at least learn about the fact that there are going to be trials. Um, I guess it could be any of those things. Um, that's cool. I think we'll have to think through a little bit... is that what Tim knows or is that the rumor that Tim has heard that this is the world where, you know, classes of invitees are, are brought or does he not know that and he knows something else that, uh, leads him to choosing this world for their agreement. Um, we just have to sort of think that through, I think, and think what the best option is there. But, uh,
1: right how much does he know and which parts of it are true and which parts of it aren't right is he mistaken about
0: the thing he thinks he knows but he but but it's a coincidence that you know that's useful this other way or does he actually know um because he's such a club connoisseur and he's able to use that knowledge i don't know i don't know what's. i don't know the best thing is there so i'll have to think about myself but uh i do think that's something we need to eventually figure out
1: Yeah, and then this next beat is really the one that, like, I mean, if we have to to pass on it um, for now, then we can. But it's the one that I like is really difficult, which is, you know, Zoya is in the process of trying to join. Maybe she just got her orders. uh, But somehow she recruits Tim... To kind of do the tasks for her, like do her homework for her. But it's not just, it's not as clear cut as that even because she leads him to believe that he is actually going to be joining the club, right? That's the, that's the deception that's like particularly devious and like a little bit hard to explain. Right. Um,
0: Well, and particularly hard to explain in the absence of what your story used to have, which was like him showing up to the lobby. Right, uh, sort of kung fu style, and you know, prostrating himself at their door and being like, "I'm going to show up here every day until you let me in, or whatever, you know, or whatever the whatever the thing is that he says." I mean, if
1: we could go back to a version of that, actually, as I'm as we're talking about it, like maybe because there is that does a lot for us, right? Because then he. It, it allows him
0: to drive this in a way that I think he needs to, you know? I mean, we've just sort of discussed this a little offline and yeah.
1: Right. Cause he, he's making it happen. So she's
0: letting it happen, but he's, he doesn't he's have to be, dece-
1: he doesn't have to be deceived as actively. Right. Like if someone like shows up to your door and is like master, train me or like, let me join your club or whatever right, it right, is. Right. 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 Uh, and they just, they don't disagree. And then they just start, they just start giving you tasks to do. It really like, you can see how someone would, would be led into a deception very organically that way. Uh, Right.
0: It's like he's deceiving himself and she's making a choice not to disabuse him of his illusion, but because it benefits her, but but he has to sort of drive it. He has to come to her with the illusion sort of already intact to some degree, I think.
1: Okay. Well, let, let me spin out a different version. And this is like, I think, mashing together things we've talked about. Okay. So it always seemed a little bit weird anyways that like the contract enforcement was going to be, uh, they're both just like stuck in a room together for X amount of time. Yeah. Like it doesn't on the world, seem like right? it's,
0: it's, it's just, it's, it's both not enough and too much. It's like, sort it's of weird. not an enforcement. Yeah. It's, right.
1: it's like scary because it's like why you're giving up your right to eject, which is dangerous. If the contract's written badly at all, then you could get stuck there forever. Right. Uh, and if it's, written well then you just sit there with your arms folded if you're zoya and you just say nothing for the allotted hour and then you leave right and like what benefit did tim even get out of it so right it makes far more sense that like uh what it does is like if she checks back into that world it like releases her her browser history or whatever
0: Right. We talked about her, yeah, her browser history being a, a thing that they could, they could sort of pledge to share their browser history, you know, on X condition. Right.
1: Right. So that's, you know, and this is something we talked about off air, but like that is something I think that we're allowing to be information that you carry around with you as a user in the constellation again this is a little bit like territory we haven't fleshed out yeah early, this but. is a
0: little bit vague My, the way I'm sort of conceiving of this and people can write in and tell me if I'm being stupid here is like I I feel like it's information that you generate on the fly in a world but that yes there is some like um exec held uh history of every place that you've ever been instantiated. That you know exists as a sort of uh, receipt appended to your mind file, um, so that it makes that, sense because you're signing te-
1: contracts as you're entering worlds. The log would like say, entered this world at this time, right, signed with the this following contract, right? Uh, and it would allow you to say things to the exact like, take me back to that world I was at three worlds ago, right? And it makes sense that you would want to be able to do
0: that, right? Um, so that's not necessarily interworld communication, but that is a kind of logging. Uh, it, it, it does imply, like you were saying before offline, uh, like a user uh, account that exists in the constellation writ large, rather than exclusively on a world. But again, you know, there's just the fact that you have an exec that follows you everywhere you go and knows who you are already implies that to some degree. So yes, um, so we're already kind of implying that no matter what, um, and. Uh, This this does that too a little bit, um, but it 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 uh, resu- the result is that you can then without doing any interworld communication you can generate on the fly uh, uh, a browser history that you know might be limited maybe it only has the last hundred places you visited and not every place you've ever visited or something I don't know but um, that would be arbitrary but uh, but but it could have. Uh, that data available to you to like spin out and then share, uh, within whatever world you're in. I think, I think that is consistent with what the kinds of things we've already done.
1: Yeah. So if we game that out, then it could still have be triggered by going to event world because that's where they sign the contract. So it can't just trigger anywhere. Um,
0: Right, right, right. You would have to generate it. She would have to be in Event World in order to generate the list. So it would be a necessary condition of the contract that she'd be in Event World.
1: Well, it would have to be right? symmetrical, right? Like it would have to be...
0: What do you mean symmetrical? Like he would have to be there too? or?
1: Uh, well, like it would expose his history as well, no?
0: Uh, I mean, that certainly is possible i don't think it has to be like that because it could be whichever one wins is the one whose history gets exposed to the other So
1: like the contract yeah it does kind of have to know it could know who who won the world uh
0: the world a prize which is publicly available information at least on event world if not elsewhere
1: well then wait why couldn't it then just expose her like trigger immediately right then she doesn't really have to come back does she
0: Well, um, it would have, I guess, it would expose immediately any data that was already saved in Event World about her browsing history, but that may not. In, right, but she hasn't done enough. any
1: interesting club stuff because, yet, because so right. not.
0: So she uh, uh, she wins, then ostensibly after she wins, she goes to the club world, or at least that's what he's supposing, even though that's not really true. And then she comes back, and then her browsing history would be have to be generated at that moment and shared with him in order to reveal to him the uh, locator for the club okay. world.
1: So this is making sense. So the...
0: the <laughs> it, I, I, I think it? it's making sense. So so i'm saying it but i'm not sure it makes sense okay if it makes sense to you that's good
1: (laughs) no look i mean once she she has to come back to the world where they made the contract right um that's the weirdest part right and like that's the thing where like you know if we want to if we find that that's confusing to explain to the audience then we can you know we can even if necessary change the rules of our world if If we we have have to yeah
0: i'm like not above that we just i think we should try to make it work like this and then if it fails we
1: change it yeah th- that's the weirdest part is that it only triggers when she returns to the place she made the contract right right um i think you know if we sell it on the idea of like planets or countries and it's like once you re like everyone understands the idea of like you know uh like once i re-enter like this jurisdiction now i'm like subject to like different laws and i can like the you know whatever agreements or crimes or debts i have all of a sudden are back on the table right like if we can right. analogize it in that way uh people We'll hopefully get this, but,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, so she comes back, that triggers the contract. It's not about them talking. Now it makes sense that, you know, he might still try to talk to her. He might still see her there, uh, while she, and embarrass him while, uh, she's talking to some famous representative of the club, right? Right. Like there could still be an interaction there. Yeah. But that's not the substance of him going back. The substance is now he has her browser history. Now he knows the unique location of the super secret club world. Yeah. Um, that's probably super extra annoying to her also because who knows, like, what kind of, like, how the people in the club would view that,
0: right? Right, right. Uh, well, one would assume that they're discouraged from giving that information out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So now he has this information that's, like, he's wanted forever. That, like, is... we. I think we have to, like, really sell the value of that, like knowing even where club world is, um, is a really huge deal. Right. right? That's already
0: putting you in like a rare group of people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So now he can get to the lobby. Yeah. Then he can get to the lobby and then he can do what he did in the short story or what you were talking about, like with the, you know, Kung Fu master on the hill or whatever, right. Where he goes and he, he prostrates himself and he like pulls out all the stops and says like, I'm not leaving until you, you know,
0: yeah, that, so that reference I keep making, sorry if that's obtuse, is like to the old TV show Kung Fu, which is about like...
1: I've seen this, though. This, right? is, like, this, this is, is like a, a trope, classic though. thing.
0: Like the kid comes and oh, sits yeah. by the door and the master comes out and says, we, I will not train you or whatever. And then like it rains and he stays there and he comes out and he, you know, offers him some tea and the kid doesn't take the tea. And like some other kid does take the tea and the, the master dismisses the kid who does take the tea you know that sort of shit
1: i literally just read a uh a graphic <laughs> novel that had exactly this this trope in it yeah like,
0: it's like a fun trope and uh yeah and uh it makes you really um root for the person who's doing the you know who's doing it to get into the to the monastery or the it shows persistence
1: it that it really like makes yeah. our character like have some of the qualities that they need to have to both be right weird and obsessive, but also kind of admirable in their persistence.
0: Right. Yeah. To continue to like misdirect the audience that this is the hero of the story basically. Um, yeah. In a, in a successful way. Yeah. So I, I think that that's super cool. I want to try to keep that. I always like that aspect of the story. So yeah, if, if he can get that from her um, and then she's bummed and then he goes, well
1: and then um, the last
0: piece of this, right
1: is like, because we still want Zoya to be in charge of hazing him, right? Yes. Is that, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. I think I do, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense that if she shows up and starts hassling people at the club and mentioning Zoya by name, which she would probably do at some point, that uh, that they're just going to be like, all right, this is your problem. You need to deal with this guy, right? I mean, at some point, if he keeps asking for her,
0: yeah, or she is so embarrassed that she offers to uh, deal with him. But yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I guess it depends like on whether or not she knows this is coming and is there and ready for it, which you might know it's coming because Tim has signaled his intention probably at this right. point. Well, and I uh, guess,
0: you know, we we do have to decide exactly how this all works because has she gone to the club world or not? And if she has, then... Can she go back? Can she, you know, as a provisional member, is she allowed to go there and talk to them about this? I mean, I think there was even a version of this where we were talking about where he's there in the lobby doing his prostrating bit, and she shows up, like on her way into the club world, through you know, passing through the same lobby that everybody like she bumps through. into him, yeah, and yeah. she sees him there, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he's like. I'm going to I'm going to be here every day until they let me in. This is my this is my strategy. Um, but no one's ever Which done, doesn't feel you know,
1: as or, coincidental. I think we were worried about that being coincidental, but when when he's there because he followed her browser history, it doesn't feel Right, because I feel like that's That's no longer
0: it. Yeah, that's definitely causal at that point because like he only has it because she's been there before. She's going back and forth as part of her hazing or whatever. I mean, we have to define that and make that make sense. This might
1: not even be the real club world, right? This might just that's be the world. That's where one, I thought
0: you were going before. Is exactly the... That which is what if this isn't the club world at all? It's a world that she created, or she, or her family created, or something that she went to because she knew he would think it was the club world, and she's trying to get him off the scent. And that's that's a world in which she hasn't been to the club world, obviously. Um,
1: yeah, that's a more devious. That's more layer. devious.
0: But also makes her pretty smart. I don't dislike that. No, that's that.
1: interesting. Uh, that's where I well, thought she you were knows going this before, is... actually.
0: When I said, I think I know where you're going. That's what I was thinking. So I didn't know I where you going. But I thought that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, she knows that it's coming because she signed the contract. And if her parents were
0: involved, then... Yeah, some scheming may have happened, perhaps, like on her behalf.
1: I mean, this is all fully predictable, right? Like, she's... I mean, it depends, like, how much advance notice she had that she was going to have to go to Event World and trigger this to occur. Um, If we need it to be, like, something she was surprised with, uh, we can, but it also could be something she knew about ahead of time for a week, and so was able to have, like, quite a complex scheme in place. Right. Um, If at any point, though, she's been to a real Club World, he would know. Yes. Right?
0: Yeah. So this only works if this is a world in which, um, like we were talking about, uh, the reason she has to go back to event world is because uh, inductees are not allowed at club world. And that's where they're going to be assigned their trials or their first trial or whatever. Um, so if that's that world, if that if we're going with that, then she's potentially never been to the club and she has maybe gone to her family's planet and been like, you know this guy is gonna do this thing what do i do and they're like well you know why don't you deceive him basically
1: <laughs> like yeah you can use this to your advantage we can have you? we like, have
0: this uh this abandoned world like here i'll just give you that and you can set it up and you know as a fake club world you know no one's been well anyone for can years.
1: create a world right so like it's not even uh, yeah or you know, maybe, like maybe, a, maybe
0: that was already built it'll like it's even faster you know you just have to they just have to like change some stuff about the lobby because he's never going to get past the lobby <laughs> you know, or whatever. I don't know. You could yeah. like, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think you could do a, a, something interesting with that. I think that's a possibility.
1: Well, that, I mean, look, that puts us in a good story place actually, because I mean, again, none of this is going to be known to the audience yet, but I think we now have like a range of believable possibilities to where it could be this, like, fully orchestrated thing. Right? right, right. Uh Or it could be less so. It could be, like, she literally does have to report to the real club world occasionally, and he shows up and asks for her by name, and, like, she's asked to deal with it, and then, like, uses it. Like, you know, we've got, like, a spectrum of things that all, I think, makes sense. So that's kind of a good place for us to be in.
0: Yeah, I agree with um, that. And I think the only thing that really matters is that in the moment as you're experiencing it it has to feel like he's driving it but actually in fact he could be being totally manipulated that doesn't matter
1: right it's just like the degree it's like how devious do we want to make zoya and also her parents right because there's also a version of this where her parents start taking over the story and where it's like they are they are his tim's actual opponent right and not really like Zoe is just a game piece being used by her parents,
0: right? Yeah, I, mean, I her- think to a large degree she is. Um but also she does I mean, yeah, I think when we get to the ending we'll have something interesting for her to do that that will subvert that to some extent. But yeah, I like the idea that uh at least at first her parents care so much more about this than she does that they're they are kind of driving it just due to their Insistence and um, uh, how you know the fact that they care more than she does about it.
1: So that feels like a good place to end.
0: Yeah, I think we should wrap for today. We're, we're around and around an hour, and uh, I think it's a good time to stop. We're basically at the end of Act One. Um, we do have still some question about exactly how Act One ends, but I think we can leave that for now. I think that's going to be a a very careful thing i
1: think from the reader point of view though we do know like we just don't know what's happening behind the scenes but we know that the reader sees him go to what he thinks is club world and offer himself up to do whatever it takes to join yes and that eventually zoya is gonna have to field that request right so like we kind of do know the broad strokes of that i think too I i feel pretty satisfied with that um even though we don't know behind the scenes exactly how much machinations are going on.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Some of the specifics of that are still a little vague, but I think we know enough to know that that's going to work. So, yeah, I think next time when we get together, we can re-go over what we talked about for trial one and and just kind of get it finished. And then we'll see where we are. And then, you know, obviously into trial two and, and beyond.
1: All right. Uh Well, thanks, everybody, for listening and coming with us on this uh, writing journey where we're piecing together this plot. Uh, Hopefully, this is interesting for all of you. And uh, we will see you uh, next time with the uh, next step in our
0: story. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com.